we're dealing with a very serious topic, and but I, I have a problem when I speak. I always like to tell a little joke, you know, to loosen up the audience. So give me the liberty of satisfying my own need of saying something funny, you know, even though the topic is serious. I'm in the shul of about 18 people every morning, and uh, one guy told me, he says that, his friend came over to me and said, where is Chaim? Chaim has been, been in shul for a couple of weeks now. So he said, you don't know, no, Chaim? A couple of weeks ago, he had a heart attack. So he says, oh, Baruch Hashem, I thought he went to another minion. <laughs> Somebody told me the story the other day, so I figured, you know, I would share it. About 12 years ago, I think there was a session at this convention, maybe it was 13, 14 years ago, and the session was children at risk. And it said, women only. I apologize for bringing it up, but I think that's what was happening in America. We didn't get it. What do you mean children at risk? Women only. The fathers shouldn't listen? Shouldn't hear what's going on? I must admit that I walked into that session. I was the only man in the room. I felt I had to make a statement. I, that's, I understand why Aguda hasn't invited me for 35 years. I can understand that. But I went to that session. There is a difference between children at risk or children in risk. Children at risk is every kid in yeshiva. Every kid in yeshiva is a kid at risk. But I'm going to deal with children in risk. And I'm not going to use the word off the derech. I'm going to use the word challenged. I don't particularly care for the word off the derech. I like the word challenge. They're challenged. In 1972 and 73, I worked for Tormasara. I was the director of development. And we had a vod of Rosh Hashivas that used to make decisions about Torah in America. Rav Moshe was on it, Rav Yankee was on it, Rav Shneer Kutla, I remember, Rav Hutner was there. And I was troubled in 1970s that there was no vocational high school for boys. A vocational high school. I know it was a very progressive idea that not every kid could learn the whole day. Why not have a vocational high school? And I made the presentation. And I remember Rav Hutner asked me many questions. Rav Schneer, I was a kid myself, and Rav Schneer asked me many questions. But they didn't feel at that time that we were ready for vocational high school. But I felt, watching the kids in the street, I felt there was a personal feeling 
I think now the world has changed. And we're starting to think about situations such as this. About 10, 12 years ago, I opened a girls' school called Muncie Academy for girls that were either thrown out of school, were not accepted. It was really a crazy thing because I opened up a religious school for girls that didn't want to be religious and didn't want to go to school. So when you think about it, it doesn't make sense. And I opened up such a school. And I recall I had a volunteer, a very fine woman, and she came to me one day. She said, Rabbi Greenwald, I can't take it. I don't, I, it's not for me. I, 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 I'm not okay. I said, what's the matter? He said, well, Chaya, every day her top button is open. So I said, so what do you do? She says, I tell her to close it. I said, what's the problem? She said, the next day it's open. So I said, so what do you do? She said, I tell her to close it. I said, how long is this going on? She says, about three weeks. I said, did you figure out it doesn't work? <laughs> she says, oh. Oh. And I said, what do you mean you can't take it? It's not about you. What about her? It's not about you. And I sometimes have to tell parents that when they deal with their kids that are challenged, it's not about you. It's about your kid. How old is Chinuch in America? 70 years? 80 years? 80 years ago we had two yeshivas. Today we have hundreds of yeshivas. Tens of thousands of books of learning. I tell people at the, usually at the Nefesh conference where they allow me to speak, the Nefesh conference, I tell them that every psychologist, every social worker, has an achrayas to go to Bismedish Kavoa in Lakewood, to Mir Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, to Square Rebbe on Ashana Rabbah, to Williamsburg, to see thousands of people learning and davening, because if you get a view of Yiddishkeit based on you as a psychologist, that see all the confused and challenged people, you think Yiddishkeit is, is finished. There are more people learning in the Miri Yeshiva, in Eretz Yisrael, or more people learning in this Medjushkavoa in Lakewood than all the literature yeshivas together before the war in Europe. Now don't think for a second that I'm trying to cover up something. Not for a second. Don't think so. Because there are problems. But I make this statement as a premise so we should understand that Jewish guide is vibrant. Who knows how many years ago there was a kid missing in Belzer camp. Many years ago. And I was one of the people that leading the volunteers to search for the kid. 
We found the kid on Shabbos after three days in the woods. I remember the Daily News reporter asked the mother of the child, the Babat family, said, you have 16 children. I mean, like, like what's the big deal? You ever had such a stupid question in your life? You have 16 kids, so a kid is missing. That's the way we have to think. We have thousands of kids, but a kid's missing. That's the way we have to, it's our family. It's our kids. Look at the confusion of these kids. Look at it, just, just watch it. Let me tell you what I've witnessed. The girls, they don't keep Shabbos. They hang around the streets. Yet, when somebody is sick, they text them to say till him. I don't know if you ever got those texts. But the girls are texting, the kids are not from, and they're telling other people to say till him. I've dealt with six girls in the last year that are carrying babies from non-Jewish men. Girls from from homes. Girls from from homes. And I made a personal decision that with that particular girl, I, I won't speak with her, let other people deal with her, but I think she had her opportunities and I never disassociate from a kid that's challenged, never in my life. But I made that decision in this case. Because I thought that as long as she's with this man, I have nothing to do with it. And her parents, I, the parents asked me, they asked Shilas, they asked Rabbanim, one Rob said like this, but they asked me my opinion. I said, I think you should invite her to your house as long as she's with that man. That was my decision. I got a call from the father, Rabbi Greenwald. What do I do? She called me. She wants to name the baby. She wants the kid to do. I can't go to my shul where I live and name the baby, and they'll hear it's my daughter, and they'll all know, well, your daughter had a baby. Mazel tov, where is she? Where, what can I do? I said, you want me to name the baby? I'll name the baby. I went to shul. I named the baby. People gave me Mazel Tov, another grandchild, you know what I mean? And about, uh, uh. Why am I telling this story? A girl with a goy, a black one, the kid's dark, and she wants a Hebrew name for the baby. What does that tell us? That these kids are connected they're challenged, but they're connected. Family. You have a family, six kids, seven kids. It's always been a mystery to me. Six are learning, one is not, one is challenged, the other become the chachamim. What's going on here? What's happening? So we all say that the trouble is 
that the yeshivas and parents think kids are made like cookie cutters. You cut cookies, you know, boom, another kid, another kid, a cookie cutter. And I say, yeah, maybe it's cookie cutters. But one kid is a round cookie, another is a square cookie, another is a star cookie, and the last one may be a tough cookie. <laughs> and we could have in the same family stars, cookies and tough cookies. And each kid must be treated differently. man a few weeks ago said his son is in a program for nine months. It cost him $90,000 in a boot camp out in Arizona. And it's time for him to come home for a weekend. They'll let him out for a weekend. He says, but my daughter doesn't want him in the house. She says, he ruined all my Shabbos when he was here. And I don't want him again. What do you say to such a girl? What do you say to a girl who's in a Beishako and says, I have a brother who's 18, she's 16, he has long hair, I'm embarrassed. My friends, I, 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 I'm, I, I, can't, I can't deal with it. Here's where my tolerance comes in. I say to the girl, what's the boy? He's your brother. It's your sister. You're the one that can create the whole change in his life. Be nice to him. Don't give him Musa. You're going to tell him another time not to be Bechal Shabbos? He heard it a hundred times. Be his friend. Let him be happy to be part of the family. About a year ago, there was a man that was kind of helping him deal with his daughter, that even though she was challenged, he should still have a relationship with her. He said, I couldn't, it's a Shabbos, he runs away every Shabbos, she goes in a car. I said, invite her for Shabbos, keep her in the house as long as she's in her own room and she doesn't do anything publicly and she's not a mushkas, she doesn't destroy other kids. Keep her around. That's generally the way I feel about it. He says, but I have two sons-in-laws in Lakewood. I have a daughter in Fallsburg, and she wants to go off to college out of town. They want nothing to do with her. I said, bring them to my house. I had 10 people in my house, the father, the mother, the sons-in-laws and their wives, the daughter and her husband, and their babies. And they were sitting around the living room, and I said, look at this family. Look at you. Wonderful from people. Don't you want to have her in your family? Why are you chasing her away? Do everything you can to invite her to your house. Do everything you can to make a part of her family. Don't say we want nothing to do with her. The reverse of what should be done. Be with care of them. You know, you talk about cure 
I mean, I'm almost embarrassed to tell the story, but there was a big person in Kiev that came to me at a convention recently and said, uh, my kid just ran away and, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what to do. I said, and she, I haven't been speaking to her for a couple of months and, and, and it's all kind of problems in there. She ran, I said, why did she run away? See, tell me what you told her. I said, if you tell the people in Kiev what you just told your daughter, they would become Christians. People know how to deal with other people, but they can't deal with their own people. I, I always just say that maybe the Rabbinic Islam should have given the kids to the neighbors because, you know, everybody, the neighbor says, your kid is so wonderful, you know. So, uh, I'll tell you, I always like this passage. By Yerma Yitzchak El Avram, at the Akedah, Yitzchak says to Avram, He's taking him to the arcade, he has the machelis, he has the knife, he has the sword, and he says to him, look at the person, he says, Ovi, Tati! Tati, like, what, what's going on here? Tati! I'm here for you, my son. He doesn't give him a mishmus, mishmus nefesh, he says, Hinenibani. I'm here for you. Sometimes we don't have to lecture our kids. We just have to tell them, he nanny bini, he nanny biti, I'm here for you. Talking about the Parsha with different kids, I'm sure you, everybody has seen it, but the Klayoka in Teldos is phenomenal. The Kleyokan told us, says, Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Avram hoilid as Yitzchak. He's a ben Avram, and he's hoilid as Yitzchak. I mean, if you're a ben, you're a hoilid. Kleyokan says an amazing thing over here. Ela told us Yitzchak ben Avram, Afal pi, shoma, shohoya ben Avram, mikomakam, hutzuchleim Avram hoilid as Yitzchak. Because you could be a Ben and you could be a Hylid. So listen to what the Kleyoka says. Kleyoka says that Yitzchak was not only a Ben Avram, that he copied what his father did, but Hylid. It was in his genes, his Teva. That's what he calls Hylid, the Teva. What about Yishmael? He's also a Ben Avram. So he says he had the Teva. Of Haga. Why? Because you look late, it says, Asheyolda Haga. Who is a Harlid? Haga. So we see that people in the same family could have different Teva. One could have the Teva of Avram, the other of Haga, because he goes right to later in the Playoki, he learns a little further. He says, well, So what do you say about Yitzchak? Yitzchak had a Yaakov and an Asaph. He was a highlight and a band of, uh, of Avram, and how did he have it? So he said, Yitzchak, he says, Yaakov was a band and a highlight of Yitzchak, but Esau was a highlight of Lavan. That's what Klayaka says. So we look at our own kids and we say, one is like this, one is like that. It's not a cookie cutter. Kids are born differently. 
You ever see a set of twins where one kid is reading a book when he's three years old and the other one doesn't open a book till he's 65? Doesn't read a book? Or one kid smiles and doesn't smile? Same mother, the same father. So we have to, when we deal with kids, we have to deal with their teva. And not all kids are the same. I know I'm going too long, but I want to, I just have to say, tell you, I have to read you something about family. And it's not, I'm not reading it to make you sad, but I'm reading it to make you think and make us understand of what's happening. I have four letters in my possession over the years, and all four of them are suicide notes. Notes from a suicide. And the one that I'm going to read you is a suicide note from a Hasidic girl that wrote the note. And I have it for different kind of reasons, but I carry the note and have three other ones. And before she writes a note, she has two $100 bills and a note that says, whoever gets this note, please give it to Kupas a year because I made a nether to give it to Kupas a year. Please give the, and then she writes, Dear Tati, I know you're probably furious what I did. It's against everything you believe. Oh well, I never cared much for what you believed anyway because you abused me to believe what you believe. This letter will be harsh. I know that. But it's all the anger that I pushed down all my life. It is why I did it. Why I killed myself. You are a major part of my suicide. You abused me. You made me feel worthless. You beat me up when I was 18 years old. For goodness sake. That's an adult. How could you do that to your own children? You are a bloody murderer. She writes, You killed every ounce of self-worth of life out of me till I had to take my own life. You told me I'll thank you for the patch. I can make you a list of all the patch and tell you how wrong you are with each one from a chinuch standpoint. After being a student teacher, I learned a thing or two. You beat me up for saying that I want to commit suicide instead of helping me. Saying that you love me when you'd miss me, you hit me for not eating food I didn't like. And when I was hungry, then I developed an eating disorder. And for the past two years, I've been struggling with food I couldn't eat for days. Or I would throw up my food. You ruined me. When I wanted to buy a car, I knew you didn't want that. But instead of dealing with it, you disowned me. You said you just want me to be your daughter. In other words, if I have a car, I'm not your daughter. How loved should I feel then? I'm a human being. A Yiddish in the summer is worth less than a lousy car? Less than the Hasidus and holy moly, and he names the Rebbe of his father. And not just that. You turned my younger sisters 
against me and tell them how terrible I am and that I'm a shiksa and you're not allowed to have any more kesha with me. You fool, didn't you realize that you're killing me? There's a lot more I don't have kayach to write. I'll be dead in a few hours. I just want to warn you that if you don't make drastic changes, you'll learn it the hard way pretty soon. And she ends like this. Accept all your kids the way they are. Wake up. Look at other people's kids who are off the derech. Your children are all tzaddikim? Tzaddikim gemurim? Yes, and she names the kids. I wasn't anymore. You made me feel like a guy, so I had to make it my business to act like a guy. I did melachas on Shabbos, a treif, chametz on Pesach, and all else. Don't do the same mistake. You killed me, baruchnius and gashmius. And get, and she names the sisters out of the house real fast. This letter... I carry with me, and I carry it as a lesson, not only for me, but for everybody else. I'm going to end with a, I mean, unfortunately, there's so much to say, unfortunately, there's so much to say. But I always like the story of the Rebbe Rebzusha. I always like to tell the story. He felt his Avish Yisrael was missing. So he wanted to improve on his Avish Yisrael. So he went into the woods and he spent a few weeks and he did despite of this. And after a few weeks he came back and he thought he was ready. And he came back into town and he heard there was a young boy that was deathly ill. And he started to run because he had a young boy. And he started to run to the house. And he came to his wife. He said, how is our son? And she looks at him and says, Baruch Hashem, everything is fine. Then he stopped. He said, I feel okay, but somebody else's son is deathly ill. I better go back into the woods and improve on my Avish Yisrael. When we deal, we deal with everybody else's children. They have to be like our kids. That's how we have to look at them. I was at the Satma Rebbe in 1970 when I met the first, which I think was a Hasidic kid that was a drug addict. He stayed in my house many times and died from an overdose when he was rushed to Maimonides Hospital. And the father asked me to meet the Rebbe. And I went to Satma Rebbe. Until I found out how to say the word drugs in Hebrew or Yiddish, there was no such expression for drugs. Samim was poison. But we figured out how to say the word drugs. And I told the Rebbe that there were one or two kids in Williamsburg. He says, it can't be. Maybe it's a dibbik. Maybe it's a shed. I think he may have used the word sitra achra. And of course, I was a young kid and I started to argue. I had no right to him. He was a holy man. I mean, you see him sitting in that seat, in that chair he had. It was, his face was shining. I mean, and we got into discussion. 
And he said, Vusayid had nicht gesehen in 18 years in Europe, what a Jew didn't see for 18 years in Europe, as that he sees in 18 minutes in America. He sees in 18 minutes in America. I made one mistake. I should have said to him, so what are we doing about it? Because what we see in 18 minutes in America, there's plenty to see. And what are we doing about it? My brother Yanko, I want to just, he should I want to read something that he said. And that's what I'm going to finish. Do I have my glasses here? He has a sefer, Eitzes Vadrochas. My brother Yankel's first sefer was Letters to the Stipler about Psychology. That's his first sefer. And in this sefer, he writes the following. Bavosenu Arabim. Rayim bismaneinu harba bayas nafshiyas. We see many emotional issues, problems. Hu prat b'inyan hayachas b'ena harim la'yelodim. Especially between parents and kids. V'harba tamim never wadova. There are many reasons for that. V'ein lanu ha'chokma la'agid tamim. We don't have the chokma to give the reason. Hu mikol shekein eitzis. Aval lanisayin melamed. Experiences teaches us if the kids have a moon of shuta, when they're kids, it helps them have a connection. Even though the parents have to be aflahanish to punish. Shezuhi kol megamtein. That's their whole goal. They should go b'derek Hashem. Avotzrichem liskar to remember yisoid ikra, an important yisoid. Shebechol matzav ezeshiyah. Any matzav the kid is in. Vaaf b'tkufos lo kalos in the difficult times when the kids are off. Ikar gadol hu lahachsik. Hold on. Es akesha the connection. And not to give up on him any time. If there's that connection, you'll have the kids in your hand. There's no connection. When it's difficult times, you won't have that kesha. The even though we don't behave like the Bernstein wants. Either way, we're called children. That's the Chibiyas we have to have, in the difficult times, a chibiyasera. And I once read that if you go through a serious operation in your life and Hashem saves you, you should mention it every once in a while. And I mention it now for a reason. I had this operation, and Baruch Hashem, I did okay. 
And then recently they gave me a monitor. I'm wearing a monitor. And this monitor tells every second what's doing with your heart. Every Jew in this room should have a monitor. And the monitor should tell you how much time you spend with your kids. And it should get excited. It should beep when you yell at your kids. And you play nice music when you're nice and sweet with your kids. But it should time you every second because the more time you spend with your kids, and especially not kids that are challenged. We have to deal with kids that are doing well. Imagine the kid says, my brother, he's in trouble. They're inviting him to Eretz Yisrael. They're taking him out to lunch. They're spending all the I'm learning good. Nobody bothers with me. Big mistake. I used to say because the stars in the heaven, you can see the stars when it's dark. When the things are black, then you see the stars. But when it's light, you don't see the stars. So with kids are light, lifted, you don't see the stars. They're all stars. Remember, give your energy to the kid that's doing well as much as the kid's in trouble. Thank you very much.